0: to stargazing a stargate gazing podcast i'm your host kathy and
1: i'm your other host mary
0: and each week we discuss an episode of stargate beginning with stargate sg1 hello hello how's it going good how are you i'm doing okay cold cold earbud haver that's the, the worst <laughs> i should have warmed them before i stuck them in my ears Getting a static shock from your earbuds is
1: also the worst, which is also a thing that happens more frequently at this time of year, I feel like.
0: Nightmare. Yeah, I definitely noticed an uptick today of static shocks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's the worst. I hate it. Connecticut in winter is stupid. It's a stupid place. And I don't know why we're buying
0: a house here because it's dumb. It's also dumb in summer, though, guys. Don't worry.
1: It is also dumb in (laughs) summer. I agree. (laughs) I do not like summer. I like winter, so... That's because you're stupid. I know. It hasn't actually even been all that wintry yet, though. It's in the 50s today. Yes, it was. Fahrenheit. <laughs> Not Celsius. That would be <laughs> horrific. Yes. <laughs> I
0: would want to die if it didn't kill me. How, like, I mean, that's pretty... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, a <good> <laughs> that's a little un- undo unbearable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. unbearable. Yeah. Literally unbearable. I mean, it
1: wouldn't immediately kill you, but... <laughs> That would be very unpleasant <laughs> yes <Yeah>.
0: okay mm-hmm. <laughs> but today was enough that I rode my bike with just my sweater on so that was good
1: nice yeah
0: and my gloves of course because cold hands are the devil
1: yes I've been <laughs> yes absolutely I know <laughs> I've been getting by with a vest a scarf and mittens and ah, it's great excellent. I prefer not having to wear a big poofy coat because it's not comfortable. It's big and poofy, yeah. It's too poofy. But that's the way you gotta that's the way you gotta do it around here. Too cold to not wear a big poofy coat in the middle of winter. Fair. But if I can get by with just a vest, that's my preference. Yay, weather. <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah. What else is new with you besides weather things?
0: Uh I, I don't know. I'm about to try that tea you gave me. Oh, excellent. Um it's still a little hot, let me see. I also it smells really
1: strong. I might have steeped it for too long. Eh, that's no such thing, in my opinion. The longer you steep tea, the better.
0: Oh, that's very bitter. I might have <laughs> steeped it too long. It's not usually that bitter. So yeah, maybe no, yeah. It too long. <laughs> I got distracted. I also took down my wind chimes. That's what I was doing. I should have taken oh, the tea out. Oh, I see. That's
1: probably a good yeah. idea.
0: Yes, because there. they were, again, singing their siren song and would have appeared in this recording. Yes. Okay. I'll,
1: uh I haven't gotten around to editing the episode the wind chime guest appearance but I'll see what I can do about ed- editing them out as much as possible
0: maybe just put in some sort of something Derek says from the good place <laughs> I indeed don't know. yeah so I guess nothing really exciting
1: is going on uh with me how about you yeah. how are you doing oh i'm fine just continuing to be busy i took Coconut to the vet this morning for her silly little leg because she's hurt her leg. It's just a soft tissue injury, but we've got some puppy NSAIDs for her. And I watched part of the episode before that, and then I watched part of the episode after that. I also took her for a walk both before and after that. And then I went to work, and then I had to leave my office hours early for CPR class because I'm due for CPR recertification and... First aid and an AED, and that's always tedious, but less painful now that you can do half of it online, so that helps. Huzzah! And then I went shopping at Target, and they didn't have, like, any of the things that I was looking for, so I was annoyed because I'm really trying so hard to avoid shopping online, but when I have to go to a bunch of different stores, as I've said, to get stuff in person, I'm just going to go shopping online. Yeah, yeah. And then I got home and finally finished the episode. Nice!
0: <laughs> I ordered stuff from Target online.
1: (laughs) Yeah, nice. (laughs) Because I was lazy. I wanted to get some Christmas decorations, and we went to Lowe's, and they didn't have any there that I liked. I looked on Amazon, and there were some options, but I was like, you know what, I'll go to Target. I'll bet there will be some in person. And there were a lot of options that I liked, but then... There was like the display model and the little placard saying like what it was, like it was clearly a thing for sale, but then there were none of them anywhere to actually purchase. That's frustrating. It was annoying and stupid. So I burned the place down and then left.
0: As you should. Yeah. There is no other recourse. No. No options left. No. Fire's always a solution. Cleansing fire. (laughs) (laughs) Probably I should cut
1: that part out. (laughs) (laughs) Meh, maybe. (laughs) Don't burn things down, kids. I'll defer to you on that one. Unless they really had it coming. (laughs) Never play with matches. I did swing
0: through a Target before Halloween looking to see if they had any extra Halloween decorations I might like, and was similarly disappointed Mm. in their stock. Yeah, so... Yeah. yeah very irritating
1: it's not like we're so late in the season that i would expect them to be pecked over already like it's just the start of the holiday season uh, that i am no shopping today have you yeah. seen all the people who had their lights up weeks
0: before thanksgiving yes I that have, is they're wrong. they went and took all your target
1: decorations that's only acceptable if you live outside of the u.s and don't celebrate thanksgiving <laughs> as your place marker for where the christmas decorations go up yeah 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 nightmare
0: So did you, have you looked online yet for, or have you decided on online ones yet?
1: No, I really want to buy the giant Krampus to put out in front of our apartment (laughs) so that all of the people coming to look at tours of the demo (laughs) units can (laughs) have Krampus looking over them, but I'm not actually going to buy it because it's $70. (laughs) (laughs) That's as far as I've gotten. (laughs) Your, Your
0: spite isn't that, uh, uh budgeted or yeah you haven't budgeted that
1: much spite (laughs) I have not budgeted that much spite in no (laughs) tempting though (laughs) I will find something to be cheerful you will I want to be cheerful damn it is that too much to ask (laughs) I'm just trying to have cheer can't you hear how cheerful I am I want everyone to see it too I can hear it I believe you (laughs)
0: I feel it. People skills. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you get it? <sighs> anyway, yeah. speaking of
1: people with people skills, ah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we get to see Ambassador Joe again. You gotta have good people skills to be an ambassador. Do. you
0: know who doesn't have good people skills though? Is a uh, mollusk and boring.
1: I was going to ask still Jack, but yes, Mollusk and Boring. <laughs> well, also Jack,
0: but yeah, Jack Jack has selective people skills. It's yeah. true. Very true. <laughs> that said, what are we talking about today? Uh, we are talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 5, Episode 10, 2001. So many numbers. So many numbers.
1: Would you like to hear my recap of the episode? I would love to. No, through the gate. Don't go to P4C970. Love, Jack. P.S. Don't mind the blood. (laughs) Oh, no. Lock it out of the dialing system. Why and when did Jack send that? Thus ends the preview. It was very (laughs) short. It was quite short. Yeah. I felt like we didn't need it because they then ended up also recapping the entire plot later in the episode. That's fair. And yeah, it... It wouldn't serve
0: it to be any longer anyway, since all of the events that happened in that episode didn't happen.
1: Yeah. Did it? I don't think they even like used it as a time to remember, to remind us of Mollusk and Boring. No, it was just- And like, their characters. So I could see if the point of having a recap if they were going to remind us that those were characters from before, but they didn't do that. So, it was pretty pointless.
0: Yeah, it was just like, remember this bloody note and that one planet we can't go to? Yeah. That's all we needed. I guess that's what they gave us, but they give it to us later, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. In present time, the team is coming back through the Stargate from a mission. They are pretty pleased because Mm -hmm. they have met some friends the planet they were on is actually is actually i guess they're friends but they're like just another simple farming community yeah but they have some very fancy powerful friends who have no sense of humor but have plenty of advanced technology They're so excited. Even Chilk seems excited about this. Like these these people with their advanced technology are apparently thinking about maybe sharing it with them and they're like, oh, that's a wrap on our jobs, basically.
1: (laughs) Time to retire.
0: Yeah. They're going to go debrief. But before they do, Hammond asks, what are these people called? And Sam says, the Ashen, sir. They're called the Ashen.
1: Dun, dun, dun. (gasps) Literally.
0: (laughs) I have never seen them so excited about something. And it, again, seemed kind of weird. Because they've been in many situations, I feel like, at this point that are too
1: good to be true. Right, exactly. And it always turns out to be too good to be true. And yet... Here they are, assuming it's going to work out this time. Including literally the last episode. Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. As recently as the last episode. <laughs> yeah. After the credits, Sam is making a presentation in the briefing room. Basically just expanding upon the Ashen, and the Ashen don't want to share their location of their homeworld because... There's no iris on their homeworld, so they're a little bit cautious about it, which made me wonder how they can have all that technology but not have an iris or anything comparable. Yeah, that seems weird. So how advanced can they really be? For sure. But at least they have enough technology that they can make a new sun. Can't make an iris, but they can make a new sun (laughs) by igniting a gas giant nearby the Volian's planet, doubling their growing season.
0: Yay. That, that does make it seem even less likely they wouldn't have some sort of protection. Right?
1: Yeah. Our friend Ambassador Joe is there and asks Sam how that's even possible so she of course goes into a nerdy science explanation but then Jack interrupts and tells Joe, you have to be careful asking how unless you really want to know exactly how. <laughs> Sam wraps it up and says that her point is that it's a huge achievement. The Ashen are very advanced, much more so even than the gold and they could take the old if they really wanted to and can help us also defeat the old. woo yeah hammond asks why they haven't heard of them before and it's because even though the ishen have their own gate they don't have a dhd and they don't have any gate addresses and haven't known how to account for the planetary drift or stellar drift technically that their computer systems on earth are accounting for apparently the dhd does it itself it sounds yeah like, i think but... so the computer on earth does it and with neither of those options the Ashen have a gate but they can't use it they can only create stars they can only create <laughs> stars and also fly around in their big spaceships between planets <laughs> but they can't use the gates and they can't make an iris on their gate why they even yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. They have a useless gate. I guess it makes sense that they don't have an iris on it if yeah. they don't know how to use it. But that doesn't keep other people from coming to their planet, Fair. so I still think they'd want one. Yeah. Anyway, we get a reminder about the movie when Daniel discovered the cartouche on Abydos, And it made this whole program possible. Tilk mentions that Jack mistrusts the Ashen, and Jack says he didn't say that. He just doesn't trust people that have no sense of humor, which was... One of Jack's many complaints about them the last episode that they were in. <laughs> Especially that boring guy who Tilk corrects him is named Boren, and Jack's like, I know his name, but also he's boring. <laughs> the Ashen are going to meet with the representative, which would be Joe, on the planet tomorrow, P3A194. Jack and Sam are going to go with him as consultants. In the meantime... Daniel and Tilk are supposed to go explore the planet and try to dig a little bit deeper into what the Volians, the locals, really think about the Ashen. I mean, everybody says the Ashen are great, but are they as great as they seem to be on the surface? That is their job to find out. After the meeting, Joe says that he would like to know a little bit more about the Stargate and the program, so Sam gives him, I don't know, it was confusing because she's giving him like a little... Tour around, but then he says that the place never ceases to amaze him. So, why did she need to show him around if he's already been there? (laughs) Maybe I couldn't tell if he had been
0: there before or if maybe he's seen pictures.
1: I don't know. I don't
0: know because this is the first time we've seen any non military people acting as sort of representation, I feel
1: like, on a different planet. Yeah, because none of the senators or anybody have left. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, and it's weird, too. You because would think they would do this more often. <laughs> yes. But they don't. <laughs> Unless they do, but they don't tell us about it. And Joe's done this a bunch of times, but for some reason, you know why? Because he wants Carter. To, right. he, he's got to find a reason to have her give him a tour or something. Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: That was my other thought, is that maybe he's just using it as an excuse to spend more time with Sam. Yeah. They stop by... Walter, who tells them that he's got a handful of candidates narrowed down for who the Ashen's home planet could be, because apparently SGC is trying to do its own snooping and figure out where they come from, since the Ashen are not willing to admit where they come from. Joe is told a little bit more about how they've kind of just narrowed things down between certain distances. They figured that there was a general area they should be looking at. They're going to have their computer system continue to search what they think are the viable coordinates within a particular radius around the planet where the Volian are, the Volian system, as they call it here. And then Joe says he's hungry and he hasn't eaten since today. So he invites Sam to go get some food and she shows him to the mess hall. Joe says he'd like it very much if they could go eat together. Clearly, he has a crush on her. And this is where I wrote in my notes. Clearly, he has a crush. I bet he dies. (laughs) Wah, wah. (laughs)
0: Yes. The curse of Sam Carter. Right? Spoiler. Yes. (laughs) Next, we see SG-1 is prepared to go back through the gate. The gate is dialing. One of the doors opens and Joe comes in in his suit and his briefcase. Such
1: very shiny shoes. He
0: has very shiny shoes on. And they all, all of SG-1 just gives him a look. <laughs> Jack's like, that's what you're wearing? Joe says, what's wrong with that? And Teal's like, nothing. It was it's very amusing. It, I'm not making it, it sound amusing, but it was really amusing. It was funnier than kathy's making it yes (laughs) (laughs) just go watch it joe didn't want to wear a uniform because he didn't have to so he wants to make a good impression with his suit but jack lets him know his shoes are gonna get ruined because it's a farm planet good point
1: yeah gotta wear practical shoes you do you do
0: the gate opens hammond sees them off from the control room like have fun and they
1: found storm in the castle. Yeah.
0: Before they go through, Joe does take a moment to m- kind of look at the gate, but kind of in an afraid way. Not in a, I'm a scientist marveling at this way. So I just wanted to mm. note that he did take a moment, but it was a different kind of moment. It was like a, whoa, what am I doing?
1: Somehow I managed to not even notice that. Weird. Yeah. Oh, because I was getting ready to leave for work. That's why. <laughs> that's what was happening here. On the new planet, we see the gate is in a very fancy location on the side of a dirt road. Just kind of shoved into the ground. (laughs) Joe notices the lack of any sign of trade infrastructure. Somehow he didn't notice the big giant ship hovering nearby, but a big (laughs) giant ship comes up. (laughs) There's a big loud vibrating noise and the gate starts to lift up out of the ground and then tilts into a horizontal position and Seeing it in this orientation was really making me think that on a smaller scale this would be a very great replacement for a toilet. <laughs> Just be careful that you don't sit down too soon. <laughs> I don't know where it would go. Doesn't really matter black hole. as long as it's going away. Yeah, go to the black hole planet. Perfect. It's perfect. What could go wrong?
0: <laughs> it worked out so well for yeah. everyone else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of throwing human waste into what now looks like a giant toilet they dump I guess crops that have been harvested to be yeah. sent back to their homeworld. I think
0: yeah it just looked like a yeah. giant pile of grain or something it did it should have been
1: tribbles that would have been fun it would have I agree everything's more fun with tribbles agreed <laughs> Jack says that they're going to want a few of those harvester things. Or maybe the horizontal toilet gates? I don't know. Maybe, maybe both. both. Boren comes up and says that he's sure that that can be arranged. Boren's not very happy, though, to see that they've brought weapons. Jack's like, oh, I thought you were only joking. They, of course, introduce Joe. And Boren doesn't care what Joe has to say when Joe tries to give like a little introductory greeting. They're just going to go and... Beam themselves up onto the harvester. Because I guess the Ashen just hang out on the harvesters all the time. When they're on this planet. Why
0: not? Yeah.
1: Where else are you going to hang out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. On
0: the farmland with the plebes? No. (sighs) Obviously not. No. At the SGC, Pwalter has some news for Hammond about locating the homeworld of the Ashen. They have found five possible stargate coordinates one of which was uninhabitable they'd already been there and checked it out or at least they sent a map one of them was blocked
1: out of the dialing computer by Hammond several Uh months ago uh oh (laughs) I liked Hammond's reaction to this he was not pleased yes
0: (laughs) you're telling me there's a one in four chance that the Ashen homeworld
1: is a planet that I ordered off limits yes sir I can't believe what I'm
0: hearing. Yep. (laughs) Sure is. Yep. Bad news. Hammond, though, is a man of action. He's (laughs) going to send some SG teams to go
1: check them out. Indeed. Not the blocked off planet, but the other other ones. ones. Maybe they'll find something good. Yeah. Yeah. Back on the Volian planet, Daniel and Tilk are doing their covert operations. Exploring and talking to the farmers, they find a guy named Keel. And they want to know more about what he thinks about the Ashen. And he's like, the Ashen are cool. (laughs) Tilk asks if they're honorable. (laughs) Kiel's like, yeah, sure, they're honorable. They've been around forever. I was raised by Ashen. Apparently he's an orphan. He says that they share their medicine and their machines freely and don't really ask for much of anything. So, seems like a pretty good relationship. Mm-hmm. Daniel and Teal are going to head out on their way, and Kiel asks, oh, well, the next time that you speak to one of those guys, let them know I've got more iron root in my south field, and I need their help getting rid of it. Daniel's like, what the fuck is iron root? Let's go look <laughs> at it. What is that thing? How the hell should I know?
0: Elsewhere, Boren has taken the team to some random pedestal. Oh, what? On a on
1: a pedal stool, a pedal stool.
0: They all scrunch together, and he
1: beams them up to the harvester ship. Yeah, no rings. No rings, like the Asgard. Yeah, no rings required. Although there were little like rings of light. Yeah, it was ring like. Yeah,
0: but without actual rings.
1: I liked how delighted Joe looked when they rematerialized <laughs> up on the ship, the harvester I ship. I missed that. Oh, he looked so happy. (laughs) It was really cute.
0: (laughs) Jack would also like one of these, or a few of them. Indeed. Boren introduces them to Mollum, a.k.a. Mollusk, which I call him for no reason, I think. I don't
1: remember why we started calling him Mollusk. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Didn't Jack call him Mollusk at some point, I think? He might have. Yeah, that sounds like a thing Jack would do. Joe
0: tries to shake hands, but these folks are not into that. Probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> Malim leads them instead to a conference table. Jack asks Boren where the bathrooms are. He doesn't need to go. He no. just wanted to make sure they exist.
1: Yeah. It was so random. <laughs> it was really random. And had nothing to do with the rest of the scene. No. Except unless maybe Jack also thought that the ring, that the gate in its previous configuration looked like a toilet, as I did, and maybe it just made him think about that. (laughs) You know what? I wonder where the bathrooms are. (laughs) What kind of technology do they have in there? Uh... Where did their horizontal toilet rings gate to?
0: (laughs) Jack, though, has nothing to worry about because they're not going to fly off, so he won't need to use their facilities. He does take a moment to check out the view first and goes out and radios to Teal'c that they've gone aboard the Harvesters. And if they go back to Earth, let Hammond know their proceedings have begun.
1: Over. Copy that. <laughs> Kiel takes Daniel and Tilk to a field where there is a thing that is clearly not just an iron-looking root, <laughs> but a full-on iron girder-like construction type thing obviously manufactured, sticking up out of the ground. And he tells them it goes really deep. Daniel and Teal'c are going to climb down there and have a look around. Teal'c is a little bit skeptical of that plan as Daniel starts trying to get his way to dig down deeper and follow exactly where it goes. He tells Daniel that Hammond says we're just to gather information. And Daniel's like, well, yeah, but that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Following this thing is going to get us more information. Keel gives them a jug of his best sweet water. What do we think that is? It sounds vile. I don't know. It could be like some kind of uh, mead, maybe. Maybe. I don't like sweet alcohol. not really like mead. Yeah. Maybe it's more like sweet tea, which I also don't like. When I hear sweet water, though, it just made me think of the water that sweet corn is canned in. Ew <laughs> Right, which is why I said it sounds vile. <laughs> it does sound vile. I like corn, I like sweet corn. I use canned corn when I make chili, which I recently made. I don't wanna drink the water that that corn was packaged in though. No.
0: <laughs> that would be gross.
1: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Daniel's continuing to try to dig his way down Teal'c asks if he's discovered something, and Daniel's like, oh god, I hope not, but probably. (laughs) (laughs) On the Harvester
0: ship, they've begun their discussions about what they all want from one another. Mollusk breaks it down a little bit. He's like, you guys know how to travel to a bunch of different places through the Stargates, and you really want some technology to provide defense. We would agree, in principle, to provide those defensive technologies and much more. But there's more. In exchange for gate addresses, basically.
1: Joe says, we also agree to that, in principle. Back with Daniel and Tilk. They have found a giant underground cavern that seems to be a buried city. From Daniel's way of thinking, it doesn't seem to have been buried more than a few hundred years ago. Where did all of the soil come from then that buried it? (laughs)
0: so the toilet goes both ways
1: (laughs) i guess so (laughs) (laughs) okay they want to know what happened to this city but it's a short scene so we don't find out yet nope (laughs) back up on the harvester Mollusk asks what the current population is of the Earth, and Joe says that he doesn't know exactly, probably somewhere around 6 billion. We did just officially pass 8 billion, as predicted, a couple weeks ago, by the way. Yeah, but, you know, this was a whole 20 years ago. Yeah, you know, it's totally normal that the population (laughs) grew 30% in 20 years. (laughs) It's not normal. (laughs) Neat. No. No. Mollusk says that that growth rate is unsustainable. It sure is, Mollusk. (laughs) Sucks to be us. Joe says they agree. Mollusk is like, cool, why don't you do anything about it? And Joe's like, well, (laughs) can't. (laughs) Because obviously there are also ethical issues at play. He says that they respect the sovereignty of their neighbors, so they're not going to just tell all the other countries that they've got to curb their populations. (laughs) And Wallace is like, oh, well, we're happy to hear that because we want all of the worlds that we are joined with to be equal partners in our confederation. There is a big loud noise, but Boren says it's nothing to be concerned about. It's just the harvester doing its harvester thing. Joe tries to assure them that the U.S. does respect all its neighbors as equals, essentially, which I'm not convinced about, but that's what Joe is trying to convince them of. Malus points out that, well, why haven't you told all of your other countries then about the existence of the gate and your entire program? That's a thing you'll have to do if you're going to join the Ashen Confederation. Joe says, I think we can agree to that, that everyone will be told and everyone will be on board. And I am not at all convinced that (laughs) everyone would be on board. No. In all countries everywhere. No. But that's what Joe tells them.
0: Back in the underground... Daniel has continued his observations and says that this city appears to have technology similar to that of the early 20th century. <laughs> Tilk says there's no sign of battle. Daniel says that barring natural disaster, it would take several centuries to bury this city and it looks like it was just bowled over <laughs> recently. Tilk speculates perhaps to create farmland. Daniel thinks maybe a massive Luddite movement swept the Vullians, maybe and they just decided to destroy their civilization and become farmers. Sure. Yeah. But he also says they did this long after the city was already abandoned which at that point Teal chimes in that there are no human remains which they wonder why. Daniel then looks and sees An entryway to the remains of a building. And he thinks it may have been a public building of some sort. How he knows that, I don't know.
1: And convenient that that iron (laughs) route took them right to the entrance of it. For sure. Daniel is going to go take a look.
0: Tilk's like, it might be very dangerous. (laughs) Daniel's like, yeah, I'm going to (laughs) go.
1: Tilk raises his eyebrow but follows him in anyway. In the SGC, Hammond is debriefing the leaders of the other SG teams that are going to be heading out to check out the other planets. He tells them about P4C970 and how it was locked out due to the bloody note from Jack. So again, here's where we get the entire recap. We did not need the recap at the beginning of the episode. Hammond says that once the Malps have determined that it's safe, then they're all going to Head out on their way and check out their individual planets that they have been assigned to. Back with Jack and Mollusk, Jack wants to know what sort of defense technologies the Ashen have that they could offer to Earth. Mollusk tells them all about this really cool (laughs) bioweapon. Oops. Bioweapons are not actually a very good thing to have. But it was so pretty, it was a bubble filled with bubbles. Bubbles! It was a bubble filled with bubbles. They did make it look very pretty. However, bioweapons are terrible, terrible things. <laughs> that right there should have been a huge red flag yes. that they're offering them. This bioweapon, which Mollusk describes as a living, radioactive genetic material that can be designed to attack and destroy only the specific DNA of your enemy. That's so, yikes! terrifying. Yeah, it's horrifying and <laughs> you can commit genocide super easy.
0: You, you don't understand the scope of my crime.
1: And it's also then really easy to abuse. And if it mutates and starts attacking other groups than your target group, then you're completely screwed. Just everything about it is awful. Neat. Yeah, everything about it is terrible. We have no law to fit your crime. But Mals goes on to brag about how they have a number of efficient delivery systems. So <laughs> he just doubles down on the awfulness and just makes it even worse.
0: Did this not make them want
1: to ask why why do you have this? yeah i that was one of the issues i had with the episode that they're like all right cool let's continue this negotiation and let's not worry at all about the atrocities that you can commit with a weapon like that sure everything's fine yeah joe did mention that they would want certain assurances but then Mollus cuts him off and says that they don't take military action against friends, only against their enemies. So, you know, that makes it all better. So Joe's concerns have been assuaged. Sam wants to know more about why they would be sharing their technology with people on Earth, since, as she says, all of their friends have worried that people on Earth would just use it to destroy themselves, which we would absolutely do with a bioweapon, like he's explaining. (laughs) But Mollusk says that true friends would endeavor to prevent that, and that what they want is To offer Earth membership in the Eshen Confederation, not just to give them technology, but to be friends. Aww. Yeah. They are so warm and cuddly. Right? So warm and cuddly.
0: At the SGC, one of the SG teams is preparing to go through the gate to one of the four options for the Eshen homeworld. But then, Heming gets a phone call. He's been ordered to stop. So he stops. He tells Pwalter to stop. Pwalter aborts the dialing sequence SG-15, has had their mission scrubbed. Pwalter asks what's going on, and Hammond says, that's what I'm going to find out.
1: Conveniently, back with Teal'c and Daniel, that one building that the girder- I am Bender. Please insert girder. ...happened to take them right to, also happened to be a place where they could get newspapers, (laughs) and also conveniently, that planet had newspapers in print. (laughs) preserved on actual paper that were preserved well enough that they were able to rescue them from the building before the building collapsed (laughs) on their heads. Daniel's a lucky man. Right? Everything's coming up, Daniel. (laughs) Everything's coming up, Millhouse. They take a closer look. It's written in basically calligraphy. Daniel calls it a language that looks similar to ancient Celtic, but he's going to need some time to try to translate it. Teal has concerns and thinks that they should get out of there before the rest of the place collapses, but Daniel's like, nah, not yet. We might need to look around some more, (laughs) just in case they shouldn't have something to hide. They're going to stay there and hope that things don't fall on their head. Solid, Daniel. Indeed.
0: At the negotiation, Mollusk tells Jack he seems pensive, and Jack's (laughs) like, no, I was just thinking. (laughs) And he is thinking, he is thinking a, a sort of a too good to be true thing that they it are is. offering more than what they wanted. Mollusk says that their motives are not selfless and maybe the people of Earth offer more than they give themselves credit for. He elaborates on this and says that the Ashen are not natural explorers so this access to the gate network will be great. It seemed to me like maybe earth people might just become their eyes and ears of the galaxy or something yeah basically we don't know there's cultural enrichment that could happen there's all sorts of things that you're offering that you're not thinking about in this trade joe says that he needs to present this offer to the earth leaders mollusk says we are a very patient people in the meantime he is going to talk to his own leadership and make the recommendation that they start trading.
1: Good times. Yeah. Kathy. Yes. If there was a universe's most effective resting smug face competition and Tanith and Mollusk were both competing <sighs> for that title, who would win? I.
0: It's hard to say because Tanith is like so out there over the top smug mm. whereas mollusks is very subtle right and it's ah oh, they're both so good in different ways yeah
1: in different ways yeah taniths is like almost like too melodramatic whereas mollusks is more discreet but yeah. both so very snug and yeah. pleased with themselves yeah oh i kind of want to vote Tanith. Mm, I think I probably would too, but it's it's close. As I was watching this scene in particular, I was thinking that Mollusk had a really good smug face going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They break. Jack and Joe have a quick chat where Jack's like, that was easy. Joe's like, that was the easy part. The hard part's still to come. Jack's like, am I the only one that has a bad feeling about this? <laughs> Sam just looks away like, uh. Yeah. And Joe's like, yep, it's you. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So at least Jack knows things are too good to be true.
1: Right. Back in the Upside Down with Daniel and Teal'c, Daniel is continuing to read the newspapers and has determined that there was some sort of a pandemic that could couldn't have possibly had anything to do with the bioweapon that we were just told about, (laughs) the Ashen came to the rescue of the planet just in time and offered them a magic vaccine that would fix the problem with the pandemic. Problem solved. Everything was fine. The end. Vaccines don't work, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) I'll reach through my microphone and punch (laughs) you in the face. You're the worst. I know. Tilk says, say the Ashen are totally honorable. Daniel, though, is a bit more skeptical, as he obviously should be, because he wants to know why it would be so shortly after the Ashen arrived with their vaccine that these cities fell and became abandoned. They apparently had a huge decline in their population. It's like, well, maybe they just went somewhere else. (laughs) Daniel doesn't like the sound of that, though, because he says that Kiel said he'd never been anywhere else, so... What reason do they have to believe that anyone else from the planet would have gone anywhere else? He looks like, yeah, well, the city has been abandoned for many years. But again, Daniel points out, yeah, but it hasn't been that long. It's just a little too suspicious that Keel has no idea that his entire farm is on top of a giant recently abandoned city. Makes no sense. No.
0: At the SGC, Sam and Jack and Joe have arrived back home. Joe is being whisked off right away to DC to talk about their meeting with Hires Up. Higher Ups. Hires Up. That doesn't. <laughs> anyway. Sure. Yeah. Higher up.
1: Hires. I guess Hires higher higher up. up. Higher, higher, higher ups. ups. There we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Words are hard talking. They so are. Hard.
0: Before he leaves, though, Joe does tell Sam and Jack that history will remember their contribution, so Jack. Make sure to let him know that it's O'Neill with two L's. Of
1: course. Which is important to note. Very important.
0: Joe asks Sam out
1: right in front of everyone else. Ugh. (laughs) I hated this so much. It was so inappropriate. It really was. To ask her out at her workplace in front of her bosses. And he himself is in a position of power. (laughs) It just so shitty.
0: Sam's into it though. Because yeah. she wants him to well, die. So she says, anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you're mean, put I guess on there's the Im- spot like that. Yeah, I guess there's the implication that they were married in the alternate timeline. But yeah. still, what else is she going to say? No? <laughs> there is no option for her to say no in this no. scenario.
0: After Joe leaves, Hammond leads Jack over to tell him about the findings about the locked out Planet, which was what? P47? No,
1: P4C? P4C 970. There we go.
0: Hammond explains to Jack that the president decided they couldn't go there because they didn't want to actually risk an alliance in case they actually accidentally stumbled on the Ashen homeworld before being told where it is, which would be a bad look. Yeah. Not wrong.
1: No. But still kind of risky and
0: they're trying not to risk this in spite of the fact that they have that warning from alternate future jack that they should not deal with these people jack thinks maybe instead of people they might send a probe to check out these things but hammond says no maybe sending the probe is what caused the future problems you don't know i don't know nobody (laughs) knows jack's conclusion is he wouldn't have sent that note Without a reason. Therefore, they need to warn the president about this. They really need to talk to him. He can't just plow through this. But Hammond brings up the next election. Because the president, you know, is under a lot of pressure to keep the Stargate program going. Or to show it has a reason for going. There we
1: go. So is he up for election again, even though he's already been president for five years? I... Presumably. i don't know i don't well when would his term have started the first term i mean was it a different president when the whole thing started i don't know my question being who got assassinated so that he can have a 10-year term <laughs> i don't know <laughs> or you know nine-year term or whatever not nine years 10 years is the max right it's eight years is the max
0: but oh but yeah felt- if, if somebody dies in office yes yeah.
1: You can get elected in twice, but then you can also get some extra years if...
0: Yeah, I think it was like two, two. I can't... I thought it was two. Yeah.
1: So that's my question is in order for him to have already been president five years Mm. and then also have another election ahead of him, then that would mean that at some point during, you know, two terms ago, the president would have had to have been assassinated and then he would have had to have been sworn in one or two years before the end of the term. i
0: mean maybe it was just an innocent death maybe he just died (laughs)
1: like he keeled over and had a
0: heart attack that is possible and he's not a tolan so he can have one of those this is
1: true maybe he was a tolan you don't know
0: (laughs) he could have been a tolan the first tolan to die of a heart
1: attack before omak yeah somehow for some reason hiding on earth as president the curia murdered him too hiding out in the open yeah It makes sense. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. Hammond's like, we have to stay out of this. The president doesn't want to hear from us. Sam asks where Daniel and Teal'c are. And Hammond's like, they
1: haven't come back yet. Jack looks pretty concerned about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It
1: sounded. I mean, because it definitely sounded like he expected them to get back before him and Sam. Yeah, he did not seem to think that it was going to be a lengthy... Chat that they were having with the locals. Yeah.
0: Daniel always digging too deep.
1: I have never, never missed a depth. Right? <laughs> Speaking of deep, that is exactly where they are, <laughs> literally and figuratively. <laughs> Hanging around in the dark, reading newspapers like you do. Yeah. Daniel says that the Ashen vaccine had side effects, but he doesn't know what those were. And it might be an Ashen word. Tilk wants to know how he would know that. Again, Daniel is just kind of getting bits and pieces of the various headlines that he's reading. And he looks like, but everyone in the pictures look like they're happy and celebrating. Daniel's like, yeah, that's not so much a celebration as a riot. Yikes. Yeah. Jack radios down to them, just checking in to see if they're okay. And Daniel says, yep, they're in a cavern. And he asks if the Shen know that they're there. Apparently, Jack is back on the planet hanging out in the field and says that no. Keel said that they were digging a hole (laughs) somewhere. But the Shen don't know where they are. Daniel says to wait there and he's going to come up to meet him. As they're heading up Jack finds that hole and is very impressed by the size of Daniel's big hole. (laughs) As Daniel continues making his way up he explains that this big hole actually leads to the ruins of what he has apparently learned is the Volian Union's capital city. Again, super convenient. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a thriving metropolis until the Ashen came along and Daniel accuses them of wiping out the Volians. Yikes.
0: Having retrieved Daniel, they all go back to the SGC again. So Daniel can tell them about what he's found. He says 200 years prior, the Volians were a thriving urban civilization. Again, about the same level of technology as early 20th century. All that they know about what happened to them is that a flu pandemic they had was similar to the one on Earth in 1918 that killed a lot of people. The Ashen arrived apparently in ships, not through the Stargate, because the Volian Gate wasn't discovered till later. He's Hmm. giving out a lot of information here. Yeah.
1: (laughs) He's learned a lot from those old newspapers that he was struggling to translate. Except for the one word. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The
0: Ashen, though, come in their ships and they come offering salvation. They bring a vaccine, saved everyone who was left, and then they were all good friends. But unfortunately, something happened. They don't know what. There's no evidence of a battle, but Daniel found this one clue. In all of that history, there's just this one clue. He says that the headline he's looking at says, a vaccine from the newcomer's causes, and then some word he can't translate. This was the latest issue of the paper he could found, which he says indicates the paper shut down or was shut down the very next day, which I think is a little bit of a
1: leap. That is a bit of a stretch to say, yeah, well, if there were no more newspapers in that one place, there must not have been any more at all. Maybe. Although, to be fair, he did
0: find a lot of information, so maybe he thinks they are great record keepers, and had they had them, they would have put them in cardboard tubes for somebody to find. (laughs) He says that... It caused something, whatever this word is, he can't read. Because in about 200 years, the Volians went from a civilization of millions to an agrarian civilization of thousands. That's a big difference. It sure is. This is alarming. Sam says Hammond has got to speak to the president. Hammond says the president is not taking his calls. Jack then comes up with this idea. He's like... I had an open invitation to the White House. Remember, I'm just going to go show up and say hi to the president and tell him
1: to do what I say because that's what people do when I tell them. Yeah. It must have been so sad for Hammond not being able to get in touch with his bestie. Right? Yeah. He looked so sad. No. thought he might cry.
0: No. Sitting by the phone, hoping he'll call.
1: Mm. Yeah. Just so sad. Hmm. Anyway, Jack's in a limousine in the next scene, (laughs) (laughs) trying to head to see the president. But then the driver says that they need to stop and pick up a passenger, which obviously Jack is confused about. And then Kinsey gets in the car. Cool. Yeah. Jack wants to know what Kinsey's doing there. And Kinsey says that he wanted to talk someplace comfortable, which I thought was weird because he's making it sound like he sent the limo for Jack. I think that's what he's saying i guess yeah. but hasn't jack been in limos before when he's gone to various places i don't know in dc well, i don't maybe know that's why you didn't question it i don't know it's like all I my guess. other limos i'm in all the time i don't know anyway kinsey just breaks into the scotch which i yeah, <laughs> yeah. i want to have a limo to drive me around places with scotch in the back but i don't because i'm not rich <laughs> or in the military i guess i guess <laughs> or a politician <laughs> Jack says he can't have a drink with Kinsey, as Kinsey offers, because he's got an appointment. But Kinsey's like, nope, no, you don't. The president doesn't want to see you. He doesn't like you anymore. (laughs) Aw, that's also sad, because he used to really like Jack, but now he doesn't like Jack anymore, because Jack is too meddling, I guess. Yeah. Kinsey wants to know why Jack is opposed to this treaty all of a sudden, when they've been trying to establish something like this pretty much the entire time that the gate program has been open and jack's like well i was wrong we should not make a treaty like this happen this is bad things are only going to go badly if we do this kinsey obviously continues to argue the point that jack doesn't know what he's talking about they need the treaty they're gonna sign the treaty jack argues back that they need to take it seriously blah 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 back and forth Kinsey then accuses Jack of actually being from the future, not just having gotten that note from the future, but he thinks Jack himself is actually from the future and gets very upset when Jack will not tell him all about the future (laughs) from which he came. It just gets worse and worse with Kinsey spiraling downwards with the conspiracies, not unlike a certain other politician, Mm -hmm. because Kinsey next accuses Jack of stopping at nothing to keep Kinsey from becoming president of the United States. (laughs) Jack is just horrified and shocked to find out that Kinsey thinks that the entire thing is about him and, of course, accuses Kinsey of being egotistical and self-centered. Kinsey's basically like, no, you're wrong. I'm on the side of good and you're on the side of evil. And that's basically the gist of the rest of the conversation. (laughs) As they continue to go back and forth. Kinsey orders the limo to stop at the athletic club. So I guess he's going to go get his workout in. And then Kinsey also orders the driver to take Jack back to the base to get sent home. No president meeting for him. Womp womp. Womp womp. I always love going to the gym after I've had a glass
0: of scotch. Right? Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's the best way to work out. Sometimes I do a whole bottle and then go to the gym. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> very safe very effective
0: yes <laughs> at some point later long enough later that jack has returned to the sgc the team is meeting with hammond hammond lets them know that a token gesture of good faith is going to be made by ambassador faction faxin that's joe that's joe yes yes that is joe <laughs> Who is going to deliver it personally and bring the Ashen delegation to Earth to meet Senator Kinsey. Ooh, lucky them. They're proceeding with caution, Hammond's been told.
1: I'm sure that's fine. What could yeah. go wrong?
0: The token gesture they're offering is some gate addresses. Jack says, there goes the neighborhood. <laughs> Joe has requested that Jack and Sam go with him again. But Kinsey fought back on that so only (laughs) Sam can go. Hammond, though, thinks that this is going to give them an opportunity to figure out what is going on. Daniel has an idea about that. So he writes something on a piece of paper and gives it to Sam. They don't say what this is, but I guess they all get it immediately, what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They seem to all be clear on it, even though they're... They keep it being vague. Yeah,
0: kg for
1: us, the viewer. Yeah, Hammond says he
0: cannot order Sam to do it, but she is all in on this plan of theirs. Mm Hmm. More magic scraps of paper. Yeah, saving the day.
1: Heroic scraps of
0: paper. Yeah.
1: In the gate room, the gate is dialing out. Kinsey is there with Hammond and Sam and Joe. Joe asks Sam, "Is that what you're wearing?" She's in her dress clothes, I guess, right? I th- No. No, because no. she's, she's in her normal fatigues. So, you know, they're really hung up on what people are wearing this episode, I guess. <laughs> I think that was him trying to flirt with her. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess.
0: Not very effective. <laughs> no. Yeah. She has other things to attend to anyway.
1: Yes, this is true. Sam quietly says to Joe that she has a lot to tell him about. And he has to listen carefully and he says okay also Kinsey leaves he does not go through the gate Sam and
0: Joe are zapped up to the harvester again Joe presents them with the gate coordinates in the form of a computer in a case because they're sort of like what the fuck is this yeah what the hell is this thing (laughs) Sam boots it up and shows them some gate addresses. Joe invites them back to Earth to formalize the treaty. Mollusk is like, yeah, all in time. Sam then just casually takes this piece of paper over to Boren and is like, Would you mind reading this for me out loud? <laughs> and He's like, yeah, it's sterility. And Mollusk Uh-oh. is like, oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Whoops. But, you know, in a smug, smarmy, unemotive way. <laughs> yeah.
1: He looks perturbed, Yes. not really alarmed.
0: Yeah. They've figured it out. Sam reads off the headline, vaccine causes sterility. And accuses them of having wiped out most of the Volian population and turning their world into farmland. And that they're planning to do the same to Earth. Yeah. Mollusk's response to this is to have them locked in there to continue doing their treaty. Yep. Sam says if they don't go back alive, the treaty is off. And Mollusk is like, well, too bad. We have what we wanted because they just wanted gate addresses, apparently, because they're mm. weirdos who want world domination. Universe galaxy Universe domination. Galination. Yes, it's more than a
1: world, galination. obviously. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's many
0: worlds. Mollusk and Boren leave... Joe asks what they're going to do. Then they hear the gate start dialing. So they go to have a look out the balcony. Sam recognizes that they are dialing Earth. And they're doing something. Sam gets a rope out of her backpack and ties around the railing and starts climbing down towards the stargate that's opening. Tells Joe to follow when she gets down and basically do exactly what she says when she says it she starts climbing down but Boren comes back in looking for Sam so Joe attacks him therefore when Sam is ready for Joe to come he is not there Sam has put in her GDO to go through she also sees there's a bio weapon aimed at the Uh-oh. stargate
1: yeah that's bad who yeah. would have thought something could go wrong with the plan to use a bioweapon. <laughs> or to trust people that have bioweapons. Yeah.
0: Joe manages to make it back to the railing one last time to tell Sam to get the hell out of there. So she drops
1: on through, leaving Joe behind fighting with Borin. And he's pretty much stuck there since she has them close the gate as soon as she yeah. comes through. That was a heart landing, too. It was. Yeah. She was falling backwards through the gate, and her momentum was conserved yeah. in this instance. Yeah, so she's kind of hurled back through the gates. Yeah. Once Sam finishes somersaulting down the <laughs> ramp, she does tell them to close the iris, so I guess that that's it for Joe, as I predicted at the beginning. <laughs> Yet another person that's got a crush on Sam is gonna die. Maybe they'll just put him to work on the farm. Yeah, maybe it won't end badly for him. Yeah. Kinsey comes in and wants to know what the hell's going on. Sam says, well, they just tried to launch a bioweapon at us, so that's bad. For some reason, Kinsey then turns and starts yelling at Jack (laughs) for that.
0: Yeah, Jack's to blame for everything that goes wrong in Kinsey's life.
1: Yeah. Sam cuts Kinsey off and continues that she had to get through to warn everybody to close the iris. She couldn't afford to wait for Joe, the ambassador. So he's there. She's made it through. Iris is closed. Joe's not coming back. Jack tells her she did good. And Hammond orders her to the infirmary because she's still just laying on the ground, seemingly unable to move and in a lot of pain as she's being checked by medics. Somehow Kinsey is just continuing to rant and sees this all as Jack's fault. Still and threatens Jack with an investigation. Jack's like, yeah, cool, whatever. That's Neil 2L's. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Tilk's reaction that Senator Kinsey seems displeased. <laughs> Most displeased, even. Daniel says that he hopes that they don't regret giving the Ashen all of those gate addresses, and Jack's like, well, the first one was a black hole, and they get worse from there. So, everything's fine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the end of the episode. It is.
1: Kathy, did you like the episode?
0: Yes, <laughs> I think lots of it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, at least as if you like think for even like two seconds about things. <laughs> so yeah. I chose while watching it not to think about things. Fair and just sort of enjoyed this uh, this follow up to an yep. episode we've already seen. So again, that's the thing I always like is having a follow up. Indeed. Yeah. Despite Joe's weirdness, I. I don't know I thought he and Sam were making cute eyes at each other so that was I don't know I was like that's fun good for them but not so good for them because okay I'm all over the place maybe I didn't actually like it (laughs) I didn't hate it I'll go with that so Joe stuck on that planet did they just never even try to figure out if they can go back for them because if that were a member of SG-1 they would have been all over finding him very true
1: which bothers me (laughs) I don't know. If they toss the bioweapon at the gate, does any of it splatter back to hit Joe? How could it? Because... I don't know. I mean, I would guess it would be vaporized, but... Because the matter only
0: travels one way in the gate. It's true. True. I don't see how it would. I think it all just splatters against... that's true the iris or they can't materialize
1: it doesn't even splatter it just if it bounces off the gate itself and breaks open before it falls into the gate (laughs) yeah maybe yeah i don't know it is entirely possible that he is killed by the bioweapon at some point in the fight but we don't obviously ever get that answer so who knows and i
0: guess it is very dangerous for them to try to go back but they've fucking gone on all kinds of old worlds it was not wise of them to go on in order to do Very things true.
1: anyway rsvp joe i'm glad that they presumably don't ever try to go back to a planet that literally has a weapon that could destroy all people on earth just to save one person true. maybe they're maybe they're finally learning that the good of the many does in fact outweigh the good of the one maybe finally maybe Who knows? Maybe they get him again. I don't know. I don't think he comes back. Maybe he does. (laughs) I do
0: think I anyway. Yeah,
1: I do think I liked it. I'm sorry. I'm back and forth on this,
0: (laughs) but I I just I really I was happy to see. I wasn't happy to see mollusk again, honestly. But (laughs) like it's fun. I don't know. I like revisiting things. So I think that's what I like most about it. But it was pretty disjointed too. Like the whole thing with Jack going to Washington just seemed weird, and
1: pointless it was very pointless unless this, such a short yeah
0: unless this is a setup for something that's going to happen in the future which if it is it wasn't integrated enough into this episode yeah and then obviously daniel and Tilk landing in the most convenient spot on on the whole planet <laughs> to find out all this information is very coincidental of course yeah so yeah i think i enjoyed it but also i recognize it was a ridiculous episode I'm sorry, okay. that was a lot of words to say, not very much.
1: <laughs> I would expect nothing less from Thank you. Thank you.
0: You're
1: welcome. <laughs> How about you? I agree that overall it was enjoyable as long as you didn't think about it too much, which admittedly is hard for me to do. There was nothing obvious sciencey bad about it because I didn't really talk a whole lot about science. As I complained about last time, I don't like the premise that they used in the first episode with the Ashen of having a vaccine that is being used to, like, introduce something more sinister in the population because, you know, we've seen people yeah. accusing everyone with the COVID vaccine of doing that. And, you know, not the case. The COVID vaccine is good and safe and keeps us from dying and is a good thing to have, as are all other vaccines as far as I'm concerned. So I don't like that premise. But if I can ignore that premise, you know, it does make it kind of fun creepy sci-fi trope if you can remember then when you get back to real life that that is sci-fi this is real life (laughs) yeah and the bioweapon thing is disturbing but again if you can get past the fact that we're actually pretty close to developing some pretty scary bioweapons and if you just don't think about that then that can (laughs) you know less scary i guess if you just don't think about it yeah (laughs) I really didn't like Joe in the first round. I thought he was very annoying. I liked his character a lot better in this episode. Okay. I don't really know why, but I found him to be less irritating. Maybe because he wasn't married to Sam. Maybe. He also hadn't yeah.
0: yet agreed to population reduction as part of the treaty.
1: Also that, which yeah. he did in the first
0: <laughs> one and knew
1: about that shit. Right. This is very true. Yeah, very true. Forgot about that. So yeah, overall, I did enjoy it, but there were a few parts that just made me cringe because like i said just made me think about people confusing real life and sci-fi way too much yeah yeah what's next
0: next is stargate sg1 season 5 episode 11 desperate measures the netflix says and this might be our last netflix description we get provided Mm, it actually goes away at the end of the month like it claims to but it did that before so we'll see Right.
1: It was last November, too, I think, right? Might have been, yeah. That they claimed that it was going to be off at the end of the month, and then it wasn't, so so we'll see. We'll see, see.
0: but this Netflix description says, A Russian transport vehicle is ambushed, and Jaffa is taken by force. That's what it says. (laughs) Okay. Meanwhile, (laughs) mysterious men dressed in black abduct Carter.
1: (laughs) All right. I feel like I know a lot about what will happen in this next episode now.
0: All right, let me find the booklet.
1: Yeah. Very explicit. Very helpful. Let's see. The booklet
0: says, Carter is abducted by a reclusive billionaire who wants to perform medical experiments on her using a deadly alien life form in hopes Dude. of finding a cure to his own life-threatening disease. How do I not remember
1: this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any recollection of it.
0: What does a Russian transport vehicle have to do with Anything. Is the Russian,
1: is the wealthy
0: guy Russian? I don't know. And Jaffa is taken.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, what the hell is that? <laughs> <happening>? By force. <laughs> so weird. Is Tilk with the Russian <laughs> transport Maybe. for reasons? I guess we'll find out. So weird. Yeah. Anything else? Nah. All right. As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. Likes and reviews are very much appreciated to help other people find this show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Mastodon and Instagram, no longer on Twitter. But you can also find us on our website at stargazing.space. And if you're feeling generous, you can head over to Patreon.com and support us over there. Patreon.com slash Stargazing specifically. And I think that's everything. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargazing. The end. The end. Heroic Scraps of paper. Yeah. Yeah, that might be a title. <laughs> you think that's a better title than Horizontal Toilet Game? Oh my God. <laughs> too many choices. <laughs>
0: They're both so good. I mean, I
1: agree that that would be a good title if <laughs> I hadn't true. already come up with a better that's title. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. <laughs>